popular topics we've come across this year, podcast and audio streaming, advertising, and campaign measurement. So you might be thinking, didn't you already have an episode on this topic? Yes, in fact, we did back in April, but you wouldn't believe how fast the world of podcast marketing is innovating. And in the about seven months since our last episode on this topic, we've had a ton of new data insights come out. Plus, we didn't touch on audio streaming much, if at all, in the last episode, so we're going to get into that today, too. And since we have a lot to get into, let me quickly introduce who our guests are going to be today. First up, I'll be speaking with Omer Jelani, VP of Sales here at Claritas, and later we'll have Serge Pesikov, Senior Director of Measurement and Insights from Intercom, who, as a company, we've collaborated with on several white papers, and we'll link those in the show notes just in case anyone listening is interested in checking them out. So, Omer, thank you for joining me on your second appearance of The Marketing Insider. Thanks so much, Monique. I'm grateful for uh, getting the rose and uh, getting it to the next level. (laughs) And uh, since I only introduced you by title, can you go ahead and remind our listeners as to your role uh, here at Claritas? Sure. I lead uh, the sales efforts for the Optimize Group here at Claritas. So as you know, we're, we're sort of siloed into identify, deliver, and optimize. So Optimize is really responsible for providing enhanced measurement and attribution solutions for for our clients and our customers. Excellent. And like I said earlier, we had you on the other episode we did on podcast marketing back in April. And for that episode, we focused mainly on the overall popularity of podcasts and what that means to a marketer, what makes a typical podcast listener unique from consumers of other media and where advertisers are getting it right and getting it wrong with how they market leveraging podcasts. But for this episode, I really wanted to dive deep into the campaign side of things. So it's great to know why podcasts are a good channel for advertising, but if you don't know whether it actually pays off for the industry you serve to invest in a podcast uh, marketing campaign from a conversion perspective, then the opportunity potentially means nothing to you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as you referenced earlier, you know, we've we've done many campaigns, we've measured many campaigns Mm -hmm. in the podcast ecosystem. And, you know, we've been able to sort of compile the data across industry in the the white paper that you referenced uh, talking about podcast campaign lift. So I think that's a great resource to really understand how uh, podcast plays a role across various industries. And so today about, I think it's around 22% of Americans are listening to podcasts on a weekly basis, which it might not seem like a lot in comparison to TV, for example, but what are the average lift rates that you're seeing for non-podcast channels versus average podcast campaign lift? Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, it's very exciting. Um, and, and the reach might not be there yet, but the, the trend is obviously going in, in the upward direction pretty precipitously. So, you know, I think the, in terms of lift rates, you know, for non-podcast channels, I would say overall across all non-podcast media channels that we measure, 
you're seeing you know typically low single digits in the two to three percent range whereas podcast on average you're seeing 30 to 40 percent lift rates and again that varies by category but pretty consistently across any category in the podcast space you're seeing a significant lift and i think there there may be some shift over time but i'm sure that those numbers have perked up (laughs) some ears of people listening to this episode But I did want to add another quick fun fact. So 45% of the 62 million weekly podcast listeners have a household income greater than 250,000, which it's actually quite a bit above the average household income in the U.S. So from the numbers you just mentioned, how are we able to tell if a consumer bought because of a campaign promoted via a podcast? Yeah, so I think there's there's kind of two levels of sort of for us in terms of analyzing and, and measuring the efficacy of campaigns. One is kind of what we call standard or one-to-one attribution, where we're, we're capturing an exposure to a podcast ad and through sort of site data that we might get from an advertiser, we can say that, you know, this person who converted or bought this item was exposed to the podcast ad. And that's what we call standard attribution. But more relevant to your question, brands have many media channels running concurrently. So how do we truly isolate the effect of the podcast buy? And that's done through incremental lift analysis. And that's really identifying or isolating a channel and and sort of those exposed to that channel and understanding those conversion rates through that sort of lift analysis uh, process that that we've developed. Okay, so I I think I'm following along with you here, but I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering why would Claritas's, you know, we do a control group methodology. So why would that be the best way to calculate like a campaign lift rate in comparison to maybe another company's methods? What would you say to those those skeptics or those data gurus who just want to know a little more? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, traditionally in digital marketing, when you think about lift analysis, you think about exposed versus control. And, and that control is typically a holdout group mm. where the, the brand will allocate or sort of siphon off 10 to 20 percent of their buy or impressions to, to be whole, uh, control impressions. And that control impression could take the form of a PSA, like donate blood or, or something, a very generic non-branded message. The challenge with that in podcasts is, one, we know that podcast CPMs are, are higher than most other media channels. So the idea of a brand taking 10 to 20 percent of their media buy and allocating that to non-working media dollars is, is kind of a bitter pill to swallow. So the, what we've done here at Claritas is what we call a synthetic or lookalike control group where, as you know, we're, we're a data company that's been around since the 70s. We've built our business around understanding and knowing who consumers are from a demographic, psychographic, uh, geographic standpoint. So when we build a control methodology, there's two things. One, we want to understand prior to the podcast media going live, what are the conversions looking like for that brand, whether it's online, whether it's uh, store traffic, you know, what is the conversion rate? Secondarily, that control group has to virtually mimic from a demographic psychographic standpoint, those that are being exposed to the campaign. So if I, if I expose uh, the podcast ad to a household, say in Ohio, uh, HHI 150,000, I know the date and time of the exposure. I know some of their shopping behaviors. It's really important to understand and identify another household in that same DMA, uh, along those same date and time, 
that has you know virtually identical demographic psychographic profile. So the thought being is that both of them, because they're identical from an audience standpoint, are most likely being targeted by the brand's other media tactics, whether it be search, social, display, where then we can clearly call out the the distinction where one has been exposed to the podcast ad and the other household has not. And we kind of look at the differences in conversion rates, which we believe is is probably the best way. And, And there's other factors that go into that control. Like, you know, we want to find similar audiences from a a digital engagement standpoint, you know, people that are very actively engaged or mimic that that exposed group. So there's various sort of elements that go into it. And and really we lean on our data science team to to build this methodology, which we're we're continuing to enhance and just recently just launched and enhanced a new uh, methodology over the past couple of months. Okay. So this next question, it might seem like an obvious one to ask, but I don't think we've really talked about it too much. But how does someone decide which podcast is the best one for them to advertise on? So that's a that's a tricky question because, you know, as we know, there are well over a million podcasts <laughs> yeah. uh, today, which is which is which is stunning in terms of the growth over the past year. So, you know, you have all these podcasts from, you know, like the big ones like Joe Rogan, which have, you know, millions of downloads to some some of the more niche podcasts that have a rabid following. So, you know, I think it's we talked about this on the last podcast. You know, it's it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing lots of sort of advancements in targeting with, you know, with DAI, which which is dynamic audio or dynamic ad insertion. So you can sort of start to buy podcasts through some of the, the the more sort of innovative targeting tactics like audience targeting, as opposed to buying a specific genre or a specific podcast just based on the name and reputation. So, you know, I would say that it's, it's you know, a lot of trial and error. It's working with, you know, companies like, obviously you're going to be having Surge on the, on the show and, and talking to him. You know, Entercom, they've made some acquisitions in the space with uh, Pineapple Street and, and Cadence 13, they're making big, big bets in the audio space. I would say lean on your your partners, your agency partners, and and people like us that can that can help you really identify where you want to focus your energy. Yeah, that make, that makes sense. So let me ask you one more question before we take a commercial break and bring in Surge from Intercom. Let's talk dollars and cents since budgets are tight this time of year and with COVID ending up having a bigger impact than most of us thought back in April when you and I first recorded. I think budgets are going to be tight next year too, even as just a cautionary thing. So what are we talking about cost-wise from an advertising perspective? Just run me through some general CPMs for other channels and how that compares to podcasts. So, you know, I guess this is a generalization and these are estimates, but I would say on average, across the podcast ecosystem, you know, you're looking at potentially $16, $18 CPMs. And again, that's dependent on the type of creative execution, knowing that a, that a host red, a truly organic host red is going to be, you know, $20, $30 CPMs where announcer reads um, might be lower than that average. But then comparing to some of the other media channels, you know, Facebook ads, they're probably in the $8 to, to $9 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditional radio might be, you know, more aligned with with podcasts. CPMs on TVs, depending on what kind of TV you're buying, much higher, um, as well as, you know, other offline channels like direct mail, very high CPMs. 
So, you know, podcast is still sort of going through this phase of, you know, honing in on kind of where the sweet spot is. And it's based on both advertiser demand with the big brands getting involved and potentially increasing CPMs, as well as sort of the the download metrics and the supply that's actually out there. So it's going to be it's going to be kind of shifting, I think, over the, the, the coming months and years until it kind of finds this this sweet spot. Yeah, but, you know, right now it's pretty comparable to radio and it's cheaper than a direct mail or TV ad. But the lift rates we are seeing are a lot more. So I definitely say for anyone listening to this episode, if you haven't considered podcasts in your marketing mix, stop everything and really rethink what you're doing and getting get in now where you're seeing that that major return. But Omar, it was uh, great to have you on this episode with me, but stick around though, because I might have a few more questions for you after I chat with Serge. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Monique. Marketers are projected to spend $1 billion on podcast ads in 2021, but does it pay to invest in a podcast marketing campaign? Claritas analyzed the results of over 158 podcast campaigns in multiple industries and found Lyft significantly exceeds that of other channels. For detailed insights into industry-by-industry benchmarks and best practices that allow podcast advertisers to more accurately analyze the effectiveness of their podcast and other multi-channel marketing campaigns, visit the Resources tab on Claritas.com to access our latest report. Podcast Campaign Lift, a guide to accurately analyzing campaign conversion rates. We're back from our commercial break, and we're joined by Serge Pesakov, Senior Director of Measurement and Insights from Intercom, a leading audio and entertainment company engaging over 170 million consumers each month through its iconic broadcast brands, expansive digital platform, premium podcast network, and events and experiences. Serge, thank you for joining me on The Marketing Insider. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. So we usually start off with having our guests tell us a little bit about themselves and the role they play at their company. So can you give us some background into your day-to-day life at Intercom? Yeah, absolutely. So I sit on our data team that really is looking to provide data and technology-driven solutions to Intercom's uh, advertisers and, and media partners. We are a still relatively new team, uh, only created about two years ago. Okay. Uh, data and analytics are you know, relatively new to the uh, audio, especially to the broadcasting space. Mm-hmm. And we're really trying to change that. We're really trying to make this a much more uh, data and technology driven type of industry. Awesome. So Omar and I uh, just spent about 10 minutes or so talking about why investing in a podcast marketing campaign is a good idea for a company's bottom line. But whereas we have a perspective from the data and measurement side, you also have the unique perspective from the content creation and the measurement side of audio. So we wanted to have you on to talk a little more on the good and the bad from that end. But first off, in case any of our listeners are confused, what exactly is streaming audio? Yeah, so you know, streaming audio is when you listen to audio over the internet. You know, just like okay. when you're streaming video, uh, Netflix or anything like that. It, it's kind of you know very similar. You know, the simplest way to think about it is uh, you know Pandora, Spotify. Those are other companies that are uh, obviously big in the streaming audio space. Okay, thank you for clarifying that for us. <laughs> um, so Intercom 
you guys have been around for, I think, about 50 years now. And even though audio isn't considered a new channel anymore, the number of national and local advertisers who are turning to streaming audio and podcasts for the first time is actually climbing pretty rapidly, I think it's fair to say. So with the proof of performance being potentially the number one priority for marketers, what would you say are your top three steps to successful audio campaign measurement? Yeah, absolutely. And I would certainly argue that proof of performance is the is the top priority okay. for marketers. I come from, yeah, I come from the media and attribution space where, uh, you know, I've been helping uh, advertisers, you know, measure every single dollar and kind of, you know, get an ROI for, for every single dollar in their media budget. And it's only becoming more and more important. I would say, you know, you know, the top steps for, you know, measuring audio proof of performance in audio are probably similar to other channels, but you know I'll kind of go through it particular you know and, and talk about some of the wrinkles that that are unique to the audio space. Uh, but the first one is not unique; it's very marketing one hundred one. You need to know your your goals. You need to know what your objectives are. What are you trying to achieve? It's still incredible how often we encounter situations where the goals are unclear, mm-hmm. whether the client or the sales team isn't sure what they're trying to accomplish, and we really don't want to be in that position. We want to know, you know, are we trying to drive sales, subscriptions? traffic to our website, you know, people to our stores, uh, whatever it is, we need to define it and then structure the, the creative and the media plan around that. And then the measurement follows and measures whether or not we are successful. You know, number two, I would say is make sure that the partners that you're choosing for measurements support audio measurements. As we talked about podcasting, streaming audio, they're all, they're a little bit unique the way that the technology under the hood works. Right. Um, it's a little different than you know displaying video, which a lot of advertisers are, are more familiar with. And so because of that, you need to make sure that the partners that you work with, uh, that their te- technology is compatible with, uh, with audio. And then the final point is, I would say, is you know, be patient uh, with, uh, with audio. Audio works differently. Um, it's not like display, you know, that ad that's following you around on the internet, wanting you to click and buy something right away. You're usually, you know, thinking about when, People are consuming audio, maybe even this very podcast. What are you doing? You, you're you usually not looking at a screen. You may be commuting, driving, you're on the bus, uh, walking your dog. It's it's usually time when uh, you're actually quite engaged with the content, uh, but you're not looking at something and you, you might not be able to take an immediate action. And even if it's a product that that you know gets you interested in, you might need to hear about it a couple of times before you act. So we consistently see with audio measurement that the impact dramatically improves with every single week. You know, so don't make any knee-jerk reactions if you're measuring audio and you don't get, you know, you know, $5 return on investment within the first hour. Um, it doesn't mean it's not working. Give it time to build. Make sure you're measuring it with a good look-back window. And then uh, over time, you'll see that it's a very, very powerful medium that, you know, if you give it time to build, it's going to give uh, really great returns. Yeah, I think those are some great tips there. And that kind of brings me to my next question. I'd, I'd actually love to hear a success story from you. What does success look like in streaming audio? Yeah, you know, success is really achieved when you get that perfect marriage of, you know, the right the right audience, mm-hmm. uh, the right message, the right content, and, and delivered in a compelling way. And audio can be very, very powerful for that. So uh, we have audience tools that help you identify the right audience you know, to say, hey, you know, these are the podcasts that they're listening to, or uh, these are the streams that they're listening to. Uh, we can target on a one-to-one basis. So again, if you're always auto intenders, and we've had a lot of success with auto this year, even despite COVID, we've seen very strong uh, performance in that industry. And, you know, when, when you first find that right audience, 
uh, create a compelling message. Again, whenever you can leverage the power of the social influ influencer, the power of the relationship that uh, listeners have with their hosts or even their local radio personalities, and you can get those personalities engaged and, and, and reading the message to consumers, we see that work uh, phenomenally. You know, again, returns way over and above kind of more traditional ad spots. You know, you know, unheard of uh, lifts in uh, brand consideration, brand favorability, all the way down to conversion, actually seeing really strong ROI that's, again, north of 2 3 $4. Again, compares very, very favorably to other media. And so how, how does that compare with what you've seen with podcast conversions? Is it pretty similar? Yeah, it absolutely can be. Um, okay. You know, when, whenever you look at performance, you have to, you have to kind of look both uh, top line and bottom line. Right, you have to look at the the conversion rate that the medium is generating, but you have to divide it by the cost. You know, a lot of times I hear things like, you know, uh, and, and I'm not trying to pick on display advertising, but it, it's often what we're comparing to. Well, you know, display advertising is super efficient. Well, that just means it's cheap, right? If you pay, you know, one cent per CPM, but you get no conversions, it's infinitely expensive. It's a very expensive media because it didn't generate a return. So when you factor in the, the costs of streaming audio, which do tend to be lower than the podcasts and their conversion rates, you know, we do see very comparable ROIs. Um, and again, ultimately it comes down to, you know, are you getting the right message into the right individuals? And we can show, you know, that proof of performance in a compelling way. There's no reason that the channel can't perform as well. And the good news is, even if it's not performing as well, um, you know, that's not the end of the story either. Attribution is really just another way to talk about optimization. You know, so if we run a campaign for streaming audio and we see that the overall return is, is below the client's goal, but we actually look and you know, we ran it in 10 markets and in four or five of those markets, it's actually performing above goal. That's a great opportunity to say, hey, for whatever reason, your product is resonating within these five markets. Let's shift the impression volume there mm -hmm. uh, and get you to that uh, ROI goal and we'll drop those markets that weren't performing. So there's always opportunity for improving campaign performance. Right. So when we're talking the roadmap to measured audio success, AKA that success driven by data, what are then your best practices to guide a brand that is leveraging audio? Yeah, uh, and really the first one is to, is to first leverage audio. We still see a lot of brands that don't have audio as part of their strategy. And there's a lot of reasons and there's a lot of kind of strange biases often behind that. There's sometimes the impression that, you know, audio or, you know, especially traditional uh, radio uh, is just for branding. So if I want direct response, you know, that's not a good fit for me. On the flip side, there's a bias in podcasting that it's actually all about direct response and not at all about branding. I find that super uh, almost silly because it, it's the same type of chant. It's, it's, it's audio. People are very engaged. They're listening to a person talk about a brand, talk about a product. And we've seen success in uh, brand building with traditional radio. We've seen success in direct response with podcasting. There's no reason that can't be inverse, right? Mm -hmm. Radio can be a very effective direct response channel. Streaming audio can be a very effective direct response channel. And the flip side is that podcasting can be a very effective branding channel. And we have a lot of case studies you know, that prove that out. Uh, so the first thing I would say is, you know, use audio, explore audio, run a test. Um, and that's that, you know, that would be the other best practice is you can, you can start small. Uh, audio is very scalable uh, mm -hmm. and you can go very granular. You can do one test in one market to see if a certain message is, is resonating. 
uh, with direct one-to-one -one attribution that's available in streaming audio, you can get a very clear read on what's working, what's not. You know, we talked about optimization a little bit. You can run three or four different creative messages, see which ones are resonating. And uh, you can very, very quickly see, um, you know, what's working, how it's performing. And then from there, you take that measurement and then and the insights from that measurement and bake that into your overall strategy. Nice. So you, you've shared some tips on quantifying success and shared some stories about how you can do it right. But on the flip side, are there any red flags that advertisers need to look out for if they're evaluating partners who can help them actually like measure their campaign performance? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a couple of key watchouts and they all ultimately go back to the idea of how audio is usually consumed differently than mm -hmm. how you consume video or, or, or display or other channels. The first thing you want to do is, is make sure that the measurement approach is uh, a view through, or in this case, a listen through approach, that you're not relying on someone to click or take an immediate action because you're not going to get that in audio. Right. Um, sometimes there's companion banners, but only in very uh, narrow environments. And especially now with the growth of smart speakers, we've seen absolutely booming and exploding growth, especially with the, with the pandemic. You know, a lot of ads are served on smart speakers. There isn't even anything to click on. If you were to take an immediate action, you're going to do it on another device, mm -hmm. which brings me to my other tip. You need both view through or listen through conversion and you need cross device because again, audio is consumed very dynamically. I, you know, this is my typical morning. I'm listening to a podcast. I get in the car to drive my kid to daycare, listen to a podcast. If it doesn't finish, I get back to my computer. I might listen on my phone or my smart speaker or my, mm -hmm. on my laptop. Those are real behaviors. And if I hear about a great product and a great brand, I'm going to be in front of my work computer and I make a purchase right then and there. If you don't have a cross-device component in your measurement strategy for audio, you're going to miss that sale. And, and it's very, very critical because if you do that, you're going to miss the vast majority of transactions because so few are going to happen immediately and, and on the same device. So those are, I would say, my big warning audio. Yeah, those are definitely some good points that sometimes, you know, brands don't really think about. So appreciate you sharing those with us. So you have provided a ton of insight for us, and I could probably keep you here all day, basically picking your brain on measurement and, and what to do, what not to do. But if our listeners want to learn more about what you do and how Intercom can help them succeed, where can they go for some more information? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so our team has a page, including some videos about some of these capabilities on intercom.com slash advanced audio, one word. And you can learn a little bit more about some of the things that we're building there. Our team has also recently launched a webinar series called Data Driven Audio. And uh, we launched that a couple months ago. And so if you follow Intercom on LinkedIn or Twitter, you'll be able to see posts for that webinar series. And we talk a lot about some of the things we talked about on this podcast, some of the latest developments in targeting and measurement in anywhere in the audio space. Perfect. We'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes so that our listeners can easily access that. But Serge, thanks again for being here today. Absolutely, Money. Thank you so much. This was really fun. So Omer, it's just you and I again, and I just had a great conversation with Serge, but it got me thinking of one more question I'd love to get you to answer for me. We talked all about lift analyses earlier, but how would something like segmentation fit in here to help determine and define audiences that are responding to podcast or streaming audio campaigns or the messages they're responding to? Yeah, that's a great question, Monique. You know, I think as I earlier referenced, you know, traditionally advertisers were buying podcasts by the name or the host mm -hmm. or 
you know, the network just from a pure reach standpoint. But now we're really able to append and learn about these audiences that are listening to a podcast and to your point, converting uh, more efficiently. So through the, the, the Claritas data profile and, and offerings, we're able to specifically start identifying consumers on a podcast by podcast basis that are sort of those higher converting segments. And then working with some of our partners in the, in the podcast ecosystem to allow them to act upon that data on behalf of their clients. So segmentation, I think, is kind of the next wave of innovation in the podcast ecosystem, uh, which is going to allow brands and publishers to become more efficient and, and deliver more value in the space. Great to know. I just didn't want to end the episode without asking that. But Omar, I said it before. Thanks again for joining me on the Marketing Insider. Thanks. Thanks so much, Monique. A big thank you goes out to the team at Intercom who have been partnering with Claritas on several white paper reports released this year, which, as I said at the top of the show, we'll link in the show notes so you can access those anytime. But a special thank you goes out to Serge Pesikov for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Thank you to those of you listening at home or on the go. And if you've not already, please take a moment to subscribe to the Marketing Insider so you never miss an episode. Rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice and share us with a friend or colleague so we can keep the conversation going each month. And with that, we'll see you next month with a brand new episode. Bye now.